why you can't serve God. Whatever flirtations that you are flirting with the Babylonian system, it is there. They shall eat but not have enough. This is, a, this is describing a cursed person. A cursed person is somebody that never has enough. Notice, you can have little and it will be sufficient for you if you are blessed. If you are blessed, you can have little, but it will be sufficient for you. But if you are cursed, they can give you a cursed person. Give a cursed person 10 million pounds right now. 10 million cities right now. They will blow it all up. They will waste it all. You will be surprised how 10 million can just go just like that when it is in the hands of a cursed person. So, chasing the money is not the solution. Chasing the Babylonian system is not the solution. Running and flirting with the Babylonians. Oh, everybody's doing this. Everybody's doing that. Everybody's buying this. Everybody's chasing this. Chasing the Babylonian system, it says that if you are a harlot, they shall eat but not have enough. They shall commit harlotry, but they shall not be increased. Because they have ceased obeying the Lord. When you stop obeying God and you begin to take God's commandments for granted as a church, as a Christian, and it is not, it's because of your flirtations with the worldly systems, the Babylonian systems, then we need to know that this curse will be real in our lives. Our lives will be, you know, see, a person that is cursed, you are under a curse. You, 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 you shall eat. You see yourself eating, but not enough. What does it mean? You see yourself working, you see yourself getting paid, but you don't see where your salary goes. He said, they shall commit a lottery. Yes. They will do abominable things and do strange things. You know, today in the world, people are engaged. Oh, and, 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 and my business. Oh, people are starting businesses. They are doing this. They are doing that. They are going to school. They are doing that. All these things are good. But if you are doing it, and now it has gotten to the point where you are becoming unfaithful to God, you are now unfaithfulness. What is unfaithfulness? It means you have become a harlot now. Now you are becoming. You have put God on the on the back bench. God, your lover, your husband is now on the back bench because now you've got a new lover, somebody you love more than God. Harlotry and uh, harlotry stands for idolatry and abominations. And the Lord showed it to the prophet in Revelation. He saw it very clearly. He said, Babylon the great. The great has fallen. And he said, this Babylon is sitting upon many waters. And then he describes it and says that the waters, the waters are what? The saints. The waters are what? The saints. The waters are the saints. That you can find that in the verse 15. Say, and I, let, me, let me read this one. Say, and I saw the woman drunk with the blood of saints, with the blood of the martyrs of Jesus. And when I saw her, I marveled with great amazement. Now, verse, verse, um, verse 1, 17, verse 1. 17, verse 1. It says, Then one of the angels who had the seven bowls came and talked with me, saying to me, Come, I will show you the judgment of the great harlot who sits on many waters. Now, go to verse 15. It shows you what the many waters is. Verse 15. 
Then he said to me, the waters which you saw were where the harlot sits are peoples, multitudes, nations, and tongues. People, multitudes, nations, and what? Tongues. So, the harlot Babylon is sitting upon saints, including unbelievers and believers. That is, that is why you, you see, you can't do without working. You have to work. We are not saying don't work. We are not saying don't go to school. We are not saying don't do business. But when now those things become uh, a reason why you neglect the things of God, you have started prostituting yourself to Babylon now. He's sitting upon you. Whether you like it or not, you, all of us, we are, we are under Babylon. That is, that is what the power God has given to him. But we, we shouldn't allow Babylon, we shouldn't get to the point where now Babylon, we start you know, becoming unfaithful to God. And then we are, our focus is only on, on, on the harlots and, and, and her systems. He's described as somebody very rich. He's got gold. He's got silver. He's, he's described as somebody that wears purple. That means he's a royal person. He's got power. He stands for power. When it comes to political power, Babylon can give it to you. When it comes to educational power, Babylon can give it to you. When it comes to cultural power, Babylon can give Finances, Babylon can give it to you. You need to work in Babylon. You need all these things in Babylon. But we are Christians. We have been purchased by the blood. We can never forget that. We can never forget that. And the day we begin to forget that, the day we begin to let these things become more important than our relationship with God, then Babylon has won. Then he said to me, the waters you saw where the hollow sits are peoples. Yes, so it is peoples that are in the workplaces. It's people that are in the offices. People that are in the transport systems. It's people that are in the educational systems. It's people, nations, Tongues, different, 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 including saints. But should we let her drink our blood? No. We should reject. We should know that she's a harlot. We should know that she's a prostitute. So if you give her one inch, she will take a man. He said, I saw the woman drunk with the blood of sin. A lot of Christians have compromised. A lot of Christians are using their work, their career, their education, their marriage. They are using, you know, name it. No, I don't have money. That's why I can't come to church. Uh, I, I need this. I need that. All these things is because she has drunk your blood. And so now you cannot become faithful to God. God, who is the giver of your life, who has saved your soul, Jesus Christ, you see that you are rather unfaithful to him. And so, now, when you look at Revelation, it talks about the church, the saints that have, their blood have been drunk by this Babylon, this wicked spirit. It's filled, with, it's filled with all demonic things. All demonic things. In the verse 18, he said, Babylon has fallen. Babylon has fallen. And it's filled with mighty demons. His habitation has become a habitation of evil birds. Babylon the great has fallen. So the church, the church, the church is also part, now part of Babylon. When we are not supposed to be part of Babylon, we are in Babylon, but we are not of Babylon. But now, it is as if we are in Babylon and we are also of Babylon. 
So the angel, he said, and he cried mightily with a loud voice saying, Babylon the great has fallen and has become a dwelling place of demons, a prison for every foul spirit and a cage for every unclean spirit. This is talking about the world. This is talking about the world. This is now how the world is. The world, which is Babylon, is now what? A place full of demons. This is why there are so many demons. Look, what will possess a person to take a gun and begin to shoot his fellow school, school students? In certain countries, these are very common. Somebody gets, a dem- these demons have entered them. A demon enters a person. He takes a gun. He begins to go and kill 200 people of his own school people. These things are happening. Look, even in, in our own country here, I'm robbers. Today, people are robbing people. People are, people are stealing things without any mercy. Wickedness is, is now rife. And all these people, they also claim they go to church. So, Babylon, we are, we are in Babylon, but we should not be of Babylon. But the sad thing is that the church has invited Babylon into the church. And we are flirting with the world. Check. Check now. Most churches, check the praises. Check the worship. It's more like a performance, not like we are worshipping God. And the church, instead of being filled with worshippers, is filled with an audience. They are watching. They say, oh, today, the worship, the worship was nice. It was as if you have gone to a concert. You came to worship God. You see, we have introduced worldliness into the church. And the Bible says that we have not received uh, the spirit of the world. We have not received the spirit of the world. But we have received the spirit of God. 1 Corinthians chapter 2 verse 12. 1 Corinthians chapter 2 verse 12. We have not received the spirit of the world. Babylon is a spirit. Who is manipulating the economic systems. The technological systems, the political systems, the religious systems, the educational systems. He's manipulating all the systems you can think of. And is a spirit. And it says that we, we are in Babylon, we are in this world, but we haven't received the spirit of this world. We have the Holy Ghost. And if you have the Holy Ghost, why are we flirting with the things that the hallowed Babylon is presenting? Today, church is more about the things that Babylon offers. The sp- spirit of the world. We are in this world, but we don't have the spirit of the world. That means what is fun, what is moving us. What is pushing us? What is behind our thinking? It shouldn't be the spirit of the world. But I'm sad to say, today, the church has received the spirit of the world. He says, we have not received the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given unto us by God. Without the spirit of the world, the church walks in darkness. The church walks drunk with the wines and the halotries of Babylon. And we follow Babylon. Today there are a lot of things that are happening in the church that God is not aware of. That God doesn't approve of. It is to please Babylon the great halot. Not God. If you have the spirit of God, it will be clear. 
When the Spirit of the Lord is in the church, is in you, sister. When the Spirit of God is in you, when you are talking about church, 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 you are talking about the church is made up, it's not the building, it's the individuals, the so-called Christians that we call ourselves. We are the church. We are the church. If the Spirit of God is in you, if the Spirit of God is in you, you cannot be also attracted to Babylon. So there is something that is known as the Spirit of the world. That is the Spirit behind Babylon. The great harlots. Demons. Demons. Too many demonic things going on in the church. Many of us, are, you can, as soon as you see, you can see that this guy you know, has visited the harlot. You, you, look in, you can look at the church and you say that mm, the church now has visited the harlot. The harlot is right now in the church. The harlot has been given a seat in the church. And marvel not that I say these things to you. Marvel not that I say these things to you. Because the spirit of the world is the spirit of Babylon. It's the same thing that we are calling Babylon. And you see, when you have this spirit, the Bible says that you will eat. That is the deception that it does. You will eat and you will not be, you will not be satisfied. You work and you not see, according to Hosea, they shall commit halotry, but they will not increase. You think that you are being smart. Sister, you are thinking you are being smart. Let me have a boyfriend here. Let me get this. I'll get a phone from him. I'll get this from him. You are thinking you are being smart. Sister, all those things, it will not bring any increase to your life. Brother, it will not bring any increase to your life. But you, you love the halotry. So you keep on doing it. And it will not produce any results. Marvel not that I say to you that the spirit of the world is the spirit in the church that we as Christians now we have allowed Babylon to rule. Yes, drinking our blood. But you have a choice. You can reject it or you can accept it. You can be enticed. Babylon is an enticer. You know, prostitutes, they entice, they are enticers. Why do they put on nice makeups? Why do they put on nice dresses? Why do they wear short, short, short dresses? One time we were coming, I, 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 yeah, we were coming from, we were coming from uh, the village, and we, we we passed through a certain place, and we uh, in, in Amasama, and the traffic they had made a diversion, and suddenly I found ourselves we were passing in some some back roads. Then all of a sudden, it was it was around six thirty seven. All of a sudden, I found ourselves passing in front of. There was a particular street. And when we pass there, it's like they have, they have like wooden structures. And there, there were women standing in front of the women, wooden structures. All of them looked very strange. With, with very, very short, some were even wearing swimming costume. At 6.30, 7.30 in the evening. Wearing swimming costume with nice makeup. The makeup is so over the top. And some were sitting by the others. And immediately... We, we passed it and said, ah, this is a halotry place. And, and, and you could tell a halot by the way they dress. Yeah, and there were young men that were negotiating with the halots. For 20 cities, you can have one round. For 20 cities, you can have one round. And you could see that. I know this because some goat put that information on, on Facebook that he has visited the different halotry points in, in Ghana, in Accra. He was mentioning the places where the harlots are. And he says they are here. Even Madina Zongo, he said Madina. As for Madina, is very cheap. Ten cities. Ten cities, you can get one round. The expensive places are cantonments. He had made a list. 
And that place, that uh, Amasaman place, he said it was 30 cities. So that's how I know. That's how I know. And, 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 and you see, they enticed with, enticing the young men. When we were passing, it was a very rough road. So the car was going very slow. And I was making observations. I saw some young men standing there negotiating. For something I found out that is only 30 cities. Only 30 cities. Yeah. What was happening? The young men were being enticed. Harlots entice you. They show their breasts. They show their, their ties. They show the goods that they have. And then if you are not have the if you have the spirit of God, you cannot be enticed by those things. But if you if you have the spirit of the world working, you will be enticed and you find yourself drawn to it. Watch anybody that says that, oh, this temptation is too hard. It's because you have the spirit of the world in you. Whatever you are tempted of is because there is, a, there is something in you that is driving you towards that thing. That is driving you towards that thing. So listen. The church now is in a place where we have now comfortably allowed the harlot to drink our blood. We have allowed a proper harlotry relationship with him. We're there. So in the churches now, all strange things are happening. Things that were in the world are in the church now. Practices that, that fetish priests, um, obia men, workers of iniquity, things they used to do, open, they used to do, now it has come into the church. We are drunk with the halotries. And it says, he has drunk the blood of the saints with the blood of the martyrs, of Jesus. And when I saw her, I marveled with great amazement. I marveled with great amazement. So if you want to know the current state of affairs, you are fulfilling prophecy with the way you are behaving. Because you are also drunk. Some of you are drunk with the blood of the harlot. You say, how am I drunk? I haven't drunk anyone. Sister, look at how your work has become a God to you. You are prostituting yourself to your work to the point that now God is negligible in your life. Sister, look at how you are using your marriage. As what? Uh, you are drunk with the marriage. And to the extent that now, because of your marriage, you have you are put God on the back burner. Look at how you are using your children. You are drunk with the blood of the harlot. To the point that now your God, God who is your husband, who is your, your real lover, you, 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 because of your children, you are using them as an excuse. You can't, you can't participate in this. You can't do this. You can't do that. You can't do this. Look at how. Look at how you are chasing the, the economic systems. You are doing this. You want to do this business. You want to do that. You want to start this. You want to do that. You are chasing money. But the same person, when we tell you, do this for the church, you have a problem. When we tell you, organize this for the church, you can't do it. But you, you suddenly have the wisdom to pursue all these things. I'm not saying it's bad. But when you're doing these things and it affects your relationship with God... You are now, you are in the world and you are now becoming of the world. Harlotry is happening. You are, your affections for God is going somewhere. You are now becoming a lover of, of a prostitute. You are becoming a lover of a prostitute. And in the church now it's sad. Let's go to Revelations. Revelations. And we start from Revelation chapter 2. 
This is Jesus Christ talking. Maybe as I'm talking, you might think, oh, I'm making it up. My message is harsh. If my message is harsh, it's because there is something wrong in you that you need to correct. Because I'm not saying my message. It is the message of God. Now let me show you that what I am saying, it is what Jesus is saying. Let me show you from the Bible. If you are not convinced with, the, with, this, with what I have taught you so far, let us read from Revelation. In fact, let us start from verse, verse 17. So that you know who is talking. Revelation 1, 17 to 20. Revelation 1, 17. Revelation chapter 1, verse 17. Uh And when I saw him, Uh I fell at his feet as dead. He's talking about Jesus Christ here. Uh But he laid his right hand on me, Uh saying to me, Uh Do not be afraid. Yes. I am the first and the last. Yes, continue. I am he who lived uh-huh. and was dead. Uh-huh. And behold, behold. I, I am alive forevermore. He, this is Jesus. He's describing himself. Uh-huh. Continue. And I have the keys of hate and of death. Uh-huh. Write the things which you have seen. Write the things which you have what? seen. Uh-huh. Continue. And the things which are, and the things which will take place after this. Uh-huh. The mystery of the seven stars which you saw in my right hand. Uh-huh. And the golden... And the seven golden lampstands. So Jesus Christ is going to reveal a mystery of the hallowed trees, the Babylon, how Babylon has affected the churches. So he's telling you that what you saw, which was what? The golden lampstands and the seven stars. They are the seven what? Churches. And the seven lampstands you saw are what? The seven what? Churches. The seven churches standing for the complete universal churches. Whether you are Catholic, whether you are you are you are uh, uh, Presby, you are charismatic, you are part of the seven churches. That is why it's seven. Seven stands for complete. So the universal body of Christians. Jesus is saying, write what you are going to see. Write it down. Like I am telling you now. It's the same thing that Jesus was telling this, um, this prophet, John. So the first thing, now we go to chapter 2. The first, he down starts talking about the churches. This is how Babylon has affected the churches. It has affected the churches in different ways, shapes and forms, depending on your location. So how Babylon has affected Europe, the churches in Europe, is different from how Babylon has affected the churches in, in Africa. In Europe now, they don't even believe in God anymore. The churches have been affected in a certain way. There is a certain mindset. If you go to America, you know, is this, is the churches have become some way. The churches have become commercial entities now. Not after the souls of men, but after money. After money. Selling things in the church. Jesus was angry. He, he took a whip and whipped the, the money changers and said, Why have you turned my father's house into a den? Of robbers. But today, the church has become a den of robbers. Selling, selling pomades. Selling, some, somebody will, 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 will take one bottle of mineral, you know, mineral water that you can buy for, for maybe 90p. And then you, you will put his face on it and a sticker on it and say, I am selling it for 500 pounds. And rob people. And what? Rob people. The churches have been affected in different ways. 
Different ways. According to our locations. So I want us to look. See it for yourself. This is Jesus' overview of how Babylon, the great prostitute, has affected the saints. Because we've seen that Babylon is drinking the blood of the saints. It's clear. But how? Let us see how Jesus sees it. Gen- uh, Revelation 2. Start from verse 1. Revelation chapter 2 verse 1. Uh-huh. To the angel of the church of Ephesus. Uh-huh. These things says he who holds the seven stars uh-huh. in his right hand. Who walks in the midst of the seven golden lampstands. Uh-huh. I know your works. I know your works. Uh-huh. Your labor. Your labor. Your patience. Your patience. And that you cannot bear those who are evil. Uh-huh. And you have tested those who say. So now he is talking about Jesus is giving an overview of the church and he's telling the church, this one you are doing well, this one you are doing, well. but in these areas Babylon has influenced you. So he said, I know your works, your labor, your patience, and that you cannot bear those who are evil. And you have tested those who say they are apostles and are not, and have been found them liars. So some churches, some churches, some, some, some Christians, they, they, we can't tolerate these things at all. He said, Jesus said, I know that side, you are good. I know that side, you are doing well. I know that side, you are doing well. There are some churches I know. They, uh, 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 if they catch you that you have gone to commit fornication or adultery as a pastor, they will dismiss you straight away. They won't tolerate it. Yeah. They won't tolerate it at all. So Jesus said, this kind of church, I know your works. In that area, Babylon hasn't affected you. Continue. But, now there's a but. And you have persevered and have patience. You have patience. Uh-huh. And have labored for my name. Yes. You have labored for my sake. Uh-huh. And have not become weary. And yes, you are not tired. Because there are some people who are tired of Christianity, which is the spirit of Babylon. Uh-huh. Nevertheless, Nevertheless, I have this against I have this against you. This is how Babylon has affected you. Uh-huh. That you have left your first you love. You have left your first love. Sister, you have left your first love. Brother, you have left your first love. The love that you were, you had, that passion that you had, that joy that you had, when they said, come, let us go to the house of the Lord, you were so happy. You were so joyful. When they said, let's go to evangelism, you were so happy. When they said, come to the house of the Lord, David said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go to the house of the Lord. Jesus is saying, nevertheless, Babylon has affected you. Now your love is for Babylon. Your love is for your work. Your love is, you count the hours, you count your shifts. You say, I forget about church. I don't love church to that extent. I'm not going to let this money pass me by. You love money more than God. Your first love is gone. Your first love is gone. Your first love is gone. So he said, nevertheless, I have this against you. Babylon has affected your love for God. Your, your, your love. You see, when you are in a relationship and then you start having affections for another person in that relationship, you see that your love for the person goes down. When a person says, I love you, you say, I know. You can't say, you, it's difficult for you even to say, I love you back. When a person says, I love you, you say, oh, I know. I love you. Me too. I love you. Thank you. He said, I love you. Some people, some, 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 you, those of you that are in marriages, that your first love is gone. But when your wife says, I love you, say, thank you. You can't say, you can't say, oh, I love you too, darling. Because the love is gone. It's difficult for you. You can't even confess it. Who said that when you say, I love you, you must say, thank you. Say, I love you. Oh, I know. 
I love you. Me too. But when you were flirting around and sleeping around with foolish little boys who never married you, whom you thought you loved, you were the one that was always telling you, I love you. I love you. Oh, darling, I love you. Now, you are married. You can't say, I love you. When your wife says, I love you, you can't even say, I love you back. Because the first love is gone. Your first love is gone. Your first love is gone. Nevertheless, I have this what? I guess you have what? Left your first. Come back to your first love. Stop drinking the wine that Babylon is offering. Stop chasing all this money and all these things. That to the point where now your Christianity is shaky. Your salvation is shaky. He has been drinking the blood of the martyr soul and of the same soul. Don't be deceived. This is how Jesus is seeing it in this particular church. Yes. Continue. Remember therefore from where you have fallen. Remember therefore from where you have what? Fallen. Uh-huh. Repent and do the first works. He is giving you the steps. Remember where you are fallen. Sister, come back to your first level. Come back to the things of God. Your div- you know, some of you, your first love is gone. You don't comment on the WhatsApp groups anymore. You don't comment on the, uh, on the, the Facebook. You don't, do, you don't even watch it. You don't go back. There's that thing. Your first love is gone. He said, come back to the place where you are. You have fallen. And repent. It takes repentance. Accept that this behavior of yours, it is a bad behavior. It's a sinful behavior. And you need to repent. And he says, and do what? The first works. The first works, the ways that you are in love with the things of God. And Jesus is not going to come and stand here for you to say, this is Jesus, I love him. Jesus is being represented by the church here. If you love the church in which you are part of, you are loving Jesus. Come back to your first works. Come back to the times when you were, you were keen, anxious, waiting for messages to come so that you comment. Come back to the times when you used to share messages on our WhatsApp platforms, on our Facebook. Come back to the times when it was a joy for you to do the things of God. Come back to the times when it was a joy for you to give your offering, a joy for you to give your tithes. Come back to that first love. Come back, repent. Otherwise, what does he say? Or else, mm-hmm. I will come to you quickly uh-huh. and remove your lampstand uh-huh. from its place. He will remove what? The lamp- so lamp- let me tell you, there are some churches right now. Jesus has removed the lampstand. He's not there. All you have is just religion. He, he's not there. With Yikani and Ephraim, the lampstand has been removed. So all you have is some dry shell of religion. It's just some dry thing without any power. And those are the ones that are always talking about the churches that, oh, maybe they have power. Hallelujah. So, the first sin, the first church, the first kind of church, how Babylon has affected them is that it has made it a loveless what? Church. A church with no love. They are in a church, but they don't love God. They are in a church. Everything shows that they don't love God. Sister, stop arguing with me and say, oh, I love, I love God, I love God. You don't love God. If you love God, brother, it will be shown by your obedience to his commandments. Jesus said, come back to what? Your first love. Then we see another church from verse 8. Read it for me. Revelation 2 verse 8. Uh-huh. And to the angel of the church in Simna. Smyrna. Yeah. Smyrna. Right. 
These things says the first and the last uh -huh. who was dead and uh -huh. came to life. Uh -huh. I know your way. I know your what. Again, he's telling I know what your way. Ladies and gentlemen, there are some works we must to do. Once we got saved, there are some works we have to what? Do. As a church. And the church is you and I. But Babylon and our love for Babylon has diverted the works we are supposed to do. Some people, eh, today, if I tell you, eh, no, go to school and become a doctor, and you don't have any problem. You can sacrifice seven years of your life easily to become a doctor. You are happy to do that. When I tell you, let us use this time to know, go to Bible school, do this, become a pastor. Say, suddenly, it is too much for you. Because your love for Babylon and the things of Babylon is greater. And you don't want to do works. He said what? I know what? Your works. Continue. Tribulation. Tribulation. And poverty. And poverty. There are some of the churches we are very poor. We don't have things. Jesus is aware of these things. He said poverty, but you are what? Rich. Rich. Uh -huh. And I know the blasphemy of those who say they are Jews. Uh -huh. And are not. But are a synagogue, a of, synagogue of what? Satan. Some of the some of the churches, the, some of the Christians, no, we have become a synagogue of Satan. The blasphemy of those who say they are Jews but are not. The blasphemy of those you say you are a Christian, but sister, nothing. God knows. Jesus knows that you are not really a Christian. Why are you? Flirting, living a fornication lifestyle, partying lifestyle, a lifestyle that doesn't give glory to God. You know you are not. You have the synagogue of what? Satan. If you have the church of God, the synagogue of God, we will see it in your life. But you see, the thing is that many of us have mastered the art of what? Pretending. The art of pretending. Those who pretend. Those who are hypocrites and can act as if they are of the synagogue of God. Meanwhile, they are of the synagogue of devil. Jesus says, he knows our works. Continue. Do not fear any of those things uh -huh. which you are about to suffer. Indeed, uh -huh. the devil is about to throw some of you into prison. Yes. That you may be, te that you may be tested mm -hmm. and you will have tribulation ten days. Uh -huh. Be faithful, be unto, faithful unto what? Death. death. And I'll be faithful unto death. There are some of you, the tribulations that you are facing, you say, mm, this is too much. If this is what Christianity is about, I don't want to know. Then straight away you go and compromise with the harlot Babylon. Ah, if I'm going to be a Christian and I can't pay my rent, ah, then let me take a boyfriend. That is an easy option. It's an easy option. Then you give yourself to Babylon, the harlot. But be faithful what? Unto death. And what will happen? And I'll, and I'll give, give you, you the, the crown of life. life. I will what? Give you the, the crown of life. of life. So this is the persecuted church. This is, this, how is Babylon, how is Babylon what? Affecting this kind of churches. You see that there will be poverty in the church. There will be lack in the church. And, and the temptation now will be for the Christians to compromise so that Satan will give them his resources. Babylon will give them his resources. The great harlot will give her the, the riches. 
This is where, if you don't take care as a pastor, you see that in the church. There are, he says, I know your poverty. I know, I know, your, I know, I know that you don't have money. If you don't take care, you are, Babylon will be enticing. Oh, come, come. All you need is bring a goat, bring chicken, and I'll do sacrifice for you, and your church will grow. But he said, we should be what? Faithful to him as a husband. We should be faithful to him unto what? Death. Don't become a spiritual prostitute. Never change the message. I am a messenger. I don't the message don't originate from me. I am only a carrier of the message. So listen. Listen. This is what God wants you to hear. Here. All these things that have come into the church that no, you want blessing. You want this. You want this. You want this. Flirtations with them with the great harlot. So the, we have the loveless church, then we have the persecuted church. We are being persecuted because of our poverty. Things are hard for us because of, if you don't have today, because of poverty, you can't buy your own church building. So they will persecute you. They say, move from here. They say, do this. They say, do that. They say, do that. And then there are some people who foolishly don't know what is happening. They say, ah, if that's the case, it means I must go. I will leave the church. I will do this. You couldn't persevere to the end. You are, you are spineless. You don't have anything to you. you your love for God is not strong. It's not strong. The church is compromising too much. The church is compromising too much. Jesus Christ is calling us to come back to the place of truth. The old time gospel, the old time Christian. Let's come back to that place of truth. Let's come back to that place of truth. Then verse 12, it talks about what? The compromising church. So we've seen the loveless church in Ephesus. Then we've seen the persecuted church in Smyrna. Then we see what? The compromising church in Pergamos. In Pergamos. Now read, read it for me in Pergamos, please. And let me see what Jesus Christ, the one we are following, what he is saying uh, about the church in Pergamos. This is God's overview of the churches. This is God's overview. God is seeing how the church, we are not really working after the ways of the Lord. Yes. Yes, please read it for me. And to the angel of the church in Pergamos, uh-huh. right? These things says he who has the two-edged sword. He who has the two-edged sword. I know your works. Yet again, he's saying, I know what? Your, your works. works. Sister, it is very important, my brother in Christ, my sister in Christ, I beseech you by the tender mercies of God that after you are born again, God expects some works from you. God really expects some works from you. We have to do some works for God. We must demonstrate our love to one another. We must demonstrate love without works is dead. You can't say, I love you, I love you, and always it's just, I love you, I love you, and there's no giving. 
Ask every, any married person that is watching or listening to me. If all your husband always does, all your wife always does, I love you, I love you, I love you. Yes, we like to hear it. But there is a greater dimension of love. A greater, there is something that you, when you do, it demonstrates a greater dimension, which is to do something, to give some works. Prove your works. Prove your love. But here, he's telling them that I know what? Your works. Uh-huh. Where you dwell. Uh-huh. Continue. And where you dwell. Uh-huh. Where Satan's throne is. Uh-huh. So you see that this one here, it is making it very clear that there are some Christians, some churches that have caused Satan is, has got his throne right there. And you, do you, know, do you want to know the sign that Satan, if Satan has made his throne in, in, in those kind of churches, do you want to know the sign that Satan has made that throne? It is a sign of unbelief. Where Satan is, he makes it people not to believe in anything. We stop believing in God. We stop, we, you know, we say that when, when we see people who believe in God, people who believe in Christianity, they say, oh, you are being spooky. You are being um, super religious. They, they give us all sorts of terms. They give us all sorts of terms. They give us all, all sorts of terms. Where Satan's throne is, and I know that Satan's throne is in Europe, because now there is a strong unbelief. People don't believe in God anymore. They say, oh, throw this foolishness away. That's how they talk. But they've forgotten that their societies were built on God. On beliefs on God. Satan's throne is there now. And he said, hold fast what? To my name. To my name. Uh-huh. And did not deny my faith. Uh-huh. Even in the days in which Antipas was my faithful martyr. Uh-huh. Who was killed among you. Where, where Satan dwells. Yes. There's, right now, Babylon has taken full control over certain areas. The gospel, like now in Europe, even in UK, you can't go and stand outside and preach freely now. They will harass you. But if you are doing anything else apart from preaching the gospel, it is fine. The moment you start talking, mentioning Jesus, is hate. You are preaching hate crime. What is hateful about the gospel we preach? The gospel is rather to save souls. But because Satan is dwelling there, the environment is no longer conducive. The environment is no longer conducive. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to end on this note because there, there are seven churches, but I, I'm not going to finish all of them. Join me for our Rema service where I'm going to break the rest down. I know your works. So this is how, this is how Babylon, the great prostitute, has what? Affected the churches. Meaning, has affected Christians. There are some who now Satan is on the throne of their heart. And how you know, it says, you, they don't hold fast to the name of God and they deny the faith. They deny it. That's how you know. Sister, don't wait until you get to that point. Sister, brother, don't wait until you get to that point. Reject Babylon and its influence over your life. Reject Babylon and its influence over your life. Reject the spirit of harlotry. Because it will produce nothing good for you. Hosea said, they will what? They will eat and not have enough. They will commit harlotries and they will not increase. They shall eat. and uh, There is nothing that you... It's a deception. 
It's a deception. Satan is deceiving us. I pray that your eyes open. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I pray that your eyes open. That you will not fall victim to this. It's a great deception. This is what the Bible calls, there will be a great falling away in Thessalonians. He said there will be a great what? Falling away before Christ comes back. There will be a great falling away with these sort of seeker-friendly churches. With these sort of churches that do not preach the truth. With these churches that are rather bringing worldliness. Today when you enter the church, it's like you're entered into the disco. The dressing is like people who are in nightclubs. The makeup is like people who are in nightclubs. The hairstyles like people who are in nightclubs. The dancing is like people who are in nightclubs. There's no difference. The hollow trees of Babylon have entered fully. Fully. Fully, without any reservation. We have to check these things. We have to check these things. We don't want to commit these errors. We don't want to what? Commit these errors. So, let us ask God for mercy. Let us ask God for grace that this power of deception, this, this great falling away, have you found it? It's in Thessalonians. Second Thessalonians chapter 2 verse 3. Uh-huh. Let no one deceive, Dece- deceive you. Deception that you are talking about. Uh-huh. By any means. By any means. For that day will not come unless uh, there is, unless what? The falling away comes the first. The falling away comes first. And the man of sin is revealed. And the man of sin. So, Satan is preparing the world, the Babylonian system, including the church, for the coming of the Antichrist. The coming of the man of perdition. But he says, before that will happen, there will be a falling away. A falling away in the sense that something that even common sense should tell you it is wrong, they will tell you it is right. Without being a doctor, Common sense to tell you that if you insert your penis into an an anus, you are putting your penis into gems. And today that's what they say they like. That's what they say they like. That's what they say. We don't hate anybody. But you see, it is a falling away that the Bible predicted a long time ago. It's not because we hate you that we are talking. No, we love you. But let our eyes be open because it says, let no one deceive you by any means. There is a falling away in the church. Look at how the pastors, some pastors are, are become servants of the devil, apostles. He says, false apostles and deceivers. There's a great falling away. A great falling away. But sister, don't give up. Don't be disheartened because wherever there is fake, there is genuine. Whatever there's fake, there's sin. He said, don't, that is why he says, don't let anyone deceive you. Be one of those people who are not going to be deceived by the falling away. Today it's normal for you to have a boyfriend, a girlfriend, 16 years, boyfriend, girlfriend, and having sex. When the Bible says, we should what? Abstain from sexual immorality. And now science is even confirming the wisdom of God. That to abstain is the best way to avoid anything. Abstinence is the best way. Such wisdom is available, but there is a falling away. So the nonsense is what we take. The foolishness is what we take. That's what the Bible says. That the things of the world, they are foolishness. They are foolishness. And he said the gospel that we preach is foolishness to those who are perishing. There's a falling away. 
Babylon is busy at work. It has been prophesied that her habitation will be full of devils. She's falling already. And the falling away is happening. Sister, are you contributing to the fulfillment of prophecy? Brother, are you contributing to the fulfillment of prophecy? By the way you are behaving. By the way you are carrying yourself. By the way your Christianity, you are carrying yourself. A day is coming. It's a day of judgment. Jesus said, if you endure to the end, I'll give you the crown. Those who start and are not able to finish. Lift up your hands wherever you are. I want you to begin to pray. Asking God to help you. Asking God to give you grace. So that you don't become a victim of deception. Your own life. You see, the, 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 the most difficult person to convince that they are not being deceived is yourself. If you are deceived, if you are, if you are working in deception, if you are working in deception, you are, it's very difficult to convince yourself that you are not working in deception. That's why, that's why sometimes a woman that is working in deception, she, for eight years, you'll be with the same man. The man every year will come and impregnate you, impregnate you and tell you, oh, I'll marry you. I'll marry And every time you believe it. Because you are deceiving yourself. Forget about the man. The man is not the problem. You are the problem. The day you rise out of self-deception, the day you say, I'll stop deceiving myself, that relationship will change. It is either he comes and do the honorable thing or you move on and obey God. You are the most difficult person to convince. So if you are working in deception, it's difficult for you to even see for yourself. That is why you need to ask God for grace. There are some people who are living in bad, bad fornication and adulterous relationships. There are some people who are getting money in bad ways. And there are people who are liars. People who are liars. People who are thieves. People who are uh, uh, unthankful. All these people, they, they are there. They are in the church. But because they are working in self-deception, they think that they don't need repentance. They think that they don't need repentance. They think that it is okay. Self-deception is a great demonic spirit. But right now, I pray. I'm, I, that's why every day you need to pray for mercy. That's why I mean, every day I pray for mercy. I don't want to walk in self-deception. I don't want to, if you walk in self-deception, you walk in self-righteousness. You, you, you become holier than thou some way. Be. You become some way. Listen, let us pray for grace. Lift up your voice and begin to ask God for grace. Lord, I need your grace to walk in repentance. You say, repent. I know your works. Repent. Come back to your first love. Repent. He says, he says, he says I know that you are poor, but you are rich. Repent. He says, come back to your first love. Lift up your voice. Let us begin to pray. Father, we pray, we pray in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Lord, for your word. We bless your name for your word that has come to us, O oh God. In the name of Jesus, we pray for grace. 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 Lord, make my heart your temple. Make my life your dwelling place. Let all that is in me
be for your glory. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Father, have mercy. Yes, Father, have mercy. Yes, Lord. Father, have mercy. Yes, Lord. Look, the thing about mercy now is that he said, come and obtain the mercy. Come and what? Come boldly and come and obtain it. Because Jesus has already paid the price. So come and obtain the mercy. Lord, let your mercy speak for me. I repent of this way that I am flirting with Babylon. Today, I decide that I will not have anything to do with Babylon to the point where it's going to affect my love for you, my relationship with you, the way I serve you, the way I do works for you. Yes. Father, have mercy. Father, have mercy. Father, have mercy. Pray, 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 pray. Pray, sister, pray wherever you are. Pray, 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 pray. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the mighty 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 name of Jesus. Repent of the things that you think that when you do things, when you work for God, when you give your life for God, when you do this, all those type of thinking that makes you think that the works of God is useless. Repent of them. He said, let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of... This is a time of need. We don't want to be swallowed by Babylon. We don't want to be swallowed by Babylon. We don't want to be drunk with their wine. We don't want to be consumed by trees. Father, have mercy. Father, have mercy. Father, have mercy. By the blood. We plead the blood of Jesus. 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 Let every drunkenness, every wine of the pallet in our, in our system, in our churches, let them come out. Let them come out. Let them come out. Let them be flushed 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 out. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Father, we give you praise. In Jesus Christ's mighty name. If you are watching me and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and personal Savior, I want you to give your life to Jesus. Say this prayer after me. Say, Lord Jesus, forgive me of my sins. Wash me by the blood. Cleanse me, O Lord. Let my name be written in the book of life. I ask that my sins are cleansed by the blood. Today, I confess you as my Lord and my personal Savior. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Congratulations, I pray this prayer. God is now your God. The Lord Jesus is now your, your Lord. Find a Bible-believing church and be part of it. Alternatively, you can join Salvation Clinic, our online services, and we will teach you the Word of God. If this is the first time, maybe even this program is after. You are watching this program, not live, but even after. If you make this decision, get in touch with us. Inbox us, and we'll, come, we'll get back to you, and we'll be able to help you. If you are already a Christian, and you are a saint. Remember, he, in, in Revelation, he said, Babylon is drinking the blood of the saints. So you too, you need to ask for a rededication of your life. A rededication of your prayer life. Come back to your first love. Your giving first love. Yes. It is now time. Look, don't use the lockdown as an excuse. Because with the lockdown, many people are still working from home. Why can't we do all the church activities also via the internet? Why can't we meet as virtuous women over the internet? Why can't we meet as choir over the internet? We have used the, the pandemic as an excuse. Yes, they've made a law. Okay, 
You don't need to meet physically. But the same way you are not meeting physically, but you are keen to build the kingdoms of Babylon and work from home, then let us build the kingdom of our Christ and of our King by also doing everything also online for now. Stop the excuses. Stop the excuses. It's not time for excuses. Everything can be done also online. Women's ministry meetings can be done online. Virtuous meet, um, men of valor, your meetings can be done online. Choir, you can meet online. Everything is being done online now. Everything. Am I not preaching to you online? If I use the pandemic as an excuse, there will be no service. But you have to challenge yourself and, 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 and challenge yourself and overcome your excuses. God wants us to be problem solvers. Yes. It's a grace of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Are you hearing me? Yes. So, let us not use the pandemic as an excuse. Don't use it as an excuse. I'm telling you. Don't use it as an excuse. I know that God is giving back to you your first love. Sister, I see that the love is being returned. Yes. I see that that passion is coming back. Amen. Receive it in the name of Jesus. 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 Amen. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. So we bless the name of God. We give praise to God. I believe that you have been blessed. Yes. I believe that your first love has been returned. Mm-hmm. I believe that you are not going to let Revelation 17 verse 6 say, I saw the woman drunk with the blood of what? Saints. And with the blood of the martyrs of Jesus. I thank God that you have been removed from this group of people. Mm-hmm. And that you are not being affected by this group of people. Yes. In the name